Hey, Moving Forward listeners, I'd like to take a quick minute to tell you about my new books. If you've been following the podcast, you'll know that I helped bring my dad's business into the 21st century with Poshmark. I've documented everything we've done so you can start a business right from your closet or expand an existing business with an effective e-commerce solution, even if you don't have a large marketing budget or social media following. The Poshmark Guide for Individuals and Small Businesses is now available in paperback and for Kindle. You can also find the Poshmark Journal for Individuals and Small Businesses with worksheets to help you manage your inventory and negotiate effectively and confidently on the platform. Both titles are available on Amazon, where you can find quick access links at bemovingforward.com or in my link tree, which is in the show notes for today's episode. Start learning and moving forward today. Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 371. And I want to take a a second to welcome any new listeners that we have. And I'm trying to be more mindful of this. I've done a lot of these types of episodes. So uh, if you're new to the podcast, just a quick overview. Uh, The first uh, 200 episodes or so are uh, interviews and conversations with a lot of different um, thought leaders, entrepreneurs, business leaders, artists from uh, many different backgrounds. So if you're looking for something that's professional or career oriented, start with those episodes. Uh, I have uh, a lot of solo episodes that uh, are topical. And if you're interested in learning about something like Poshmark, if you're interested in starting a podcast, I recommend head over to the website, bemovingforward.com. That's where I have a breakdown of the different series. So I've had collections of episodes, uh, including some interview collections, uh, which go together. But for the most part, you can jump into this podcast with any episode, including today's. And um, I'll either be updating prior uh, series. I've been updating the Poshmark uh, series that I did in 2019 with talking about new features, or I'll just be uh, sharing what's going on with me or uh, random tips, life hacks, tech hacks, business hacks, things like that. So, um, you know, the titles of the episodes give you an idea of what the episode is about, so you can start there. But uh, there's no right or wrong in terms of where to jump in on this podcast. For you returning listeners, as you know, I've been uh, doing an update mini-series, so to speak. I don't really consider this a mini-series. It's just more a series of updates over the last couple of weeks uh, on the Poshmark interface. Today will be the last one uh, for for now, at least. The, the interface and the platform continues to add new features, and I will keep you up to date with those. But just as a housekeeping reminder, tomorrow... I will be speaking about Poshmark on a live stream. It's sponsored by the uh, Johns Hopkins Alumni Association. They put this together. Uh, We're going to be doing a one-hour live stream. It'll be at 12 p.m. Eastern time. I will have the registration link in the write-up. It's free, There's and you don't have to be a Hopkins affiliate or anything like that. It's open to the public. Uh, If you are listening to this podcast, say, on Apple, uh, uh, I'll make sure that there's also a link in the um, in the show notes where the 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 uh, the capsule summaries for the episodes. I always have a link to my link tree, and if you go to my link tree, 
uh, right now the registration for the live stream is the top link so you can you can find all of my my stuff there Okay, so uh, let's talk about another feature that has recently been added to Poshmark. This one I think is a little more subtle. I don't think it's been talked about a lot, but I do want to talk about it and the implications for the future because I really think uh, if you read the tea leaves or if you look at the direction Poshmark is moving in, you can maybe get a sense, and at least I, I'm going to give you my prediction as to what the future is going to be in terms of e-commerce as it specifically relates to clothing. Because in my experience, just having worked on this for the last couple of years with my dad, clothing is such a unique and challenging area for e-commerce. In some ways, it's a natural fit. In other ways, there are some missing gaps uh, that need to be filled. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that today and what Poshmark, I think, is doing to fill in those gaps. So I want to talk about a feature. It's more of a, a section on Poshmark. And I've noticed this a lot on my phone, and you may have as well if you are a Poshmark seller, but more so if you're a buyer. There's an alert that you may get called Today's Trends. And essentially what you will get is a pop-up notification and uh, it, it'll have the headline today's trends and it may have categories of items that may have brands and then if you click on it it'll take you to a section that's located within the main dashboard on Poshmark the feed where you can see a section on today's trends and uh, essentially I think Poshmark is curating a lot of information they're curating a lot of data based off of things like your shopping habits, your browsing habits. Poshmark, like any other platform, if you think about uh, any social media platform, they are gathering data. And I, I just say that just because that's a fact of life. Any e-commerce site that you go to, any social media platform you go to, part of their model is built off of the data, and that data is used to essentially make that platform more specific, more targeted, more tailored. Whatever your feelings are on that, that's just sort of the fact of life. So um, essentially there are, as far as I can tell, there are three categories that I've noticed on Poshmark that have become a little more prominent. There's a section called trending brands. And uh, if you look at Poshmark's annual report, if you look at um, the the uh, report that they release every year or every quarter, I think it's every year, uh, from, from Poshfest, they talk about, they break down on their website, they break down what are the top selling brands, what are the brands that have the most traffic, that sort of thing. And I think that information is helpful for sellers to give them an idea of what's trending. And this is a conversation I've had with, um, with different people, including my friends Izzy and Rose, who uh, just got onto Poshmark. I talked about them last year. Uh, they, they launched their store in, uh, I believe it was August, and are doing quite well. Uh, but we've talked about this a little bit. What are some of the trending brands? 
there's another section called today's trends. And I think that's what the alert is really tied to. When you get that today's trends, it'll take you to that section and you can see what's trending today in terms of clothing, in terms of categories, types of clothing, that sort of thing. And there's also another section I've noticed called trends for you. So I believe that that's targeted specific to the user. So you've got a broader category of brands that are trending just across the platform. You've got uh, trends that are curated based off of the moment, the present today. And then there are trends that are curated specific to you. And I believe that that's where uh, the browsing and the, the shopping and the selling habits probably come into play in terms of curating that list for you. So what's going on? What exactly does this all mean? Poshmark isn't simply a place where you list and you buy and you sell. It's also a learning platform. They are learning, they are gathering data, and obviously this is to make the uh, products make the categories and the knowledge to both sellers and buyers more targeted. And obviously, this the end goal here is to provide uh, more targeted items to sell to buyers who may be interested in that item and to drive more sales. That's really the bottom line. That's what any e-commerce platform wants to do is it, it, it wants to generate more sales. And of course, that information is helpful for sellers so that they can get that information. Uh, but it is also meant to really curate items to buyers based off of their interests. Last year, I talked about another feature on Poshmark, style tags. And I call this the hashtag of Poshmark listings. Uh, basically, and I, it was sometime in the spring that this feature popped up. When you create a listing on Pos, Poshmark, there is now a, a line item for something called style tags. And if you click on it, you can put in uh, tags based off of color, type, uh, uh, garment type, or you can create your own. And you do so in, in sort of hashtag form. And what these style tags will do is it, is it really makes the searching, I think, that much more targeted. It uh, allows potential buyers to see results based off of something that they've clicked on. You may be interested, and you've seen this on platforms like Amazon. You may also be interested in this. It's similar to that in that you're getting more curated lists. For the seller, it's more exposure, potential exposure for their listing if they put style tags. Now, you can put up to three and as I've talked about, it's actually worth your time to spend a couple of seconds to put in style tags because in addition to your your title and your description, style tags gives you a little more granular uh, listing keywords. And uh, there's a there's a phrase if you've ever um, you know worked in library science uh, or if you I. I in my prior careers, I've worked with librarians. And in business school, I learned about this in one of my classes. There's a, uh, a phrase called, where a, a word, tech, taxonomy. And that's essentially just a system of categorization. All search engines have something like this. They have a taxonomy where certain keywords are going to trigger certain results. The most basic taxonomy you may find 
is uh, the Dewey Decimal System in the library, for, for those of you who are old school. Everything is categorized in a library. Uh, now it's all electronic, but in the old days they used card catalogs. But those topical words allow you to find books that are relevant. When I was practicing law, I worked for a legal publishing company. They used a taxonomy called Key Numbers, which allows you to find cases and statutes based off of certain points of law that are coded. That's what a taxonomy is. And I think that's what Poshmark is moving towards with style tags. Incidentally, the blog I have on style tags on the website is actually one of my most read. I was actually surprised to see that, but maybe not so because it was such a new feature. And I think people are trying to get a handle on what exactly that is. And uh, it's also one of the uh, episodes that's quite listened to uh, uh, from my mini-series on Poshmark. So putting all this together, talking about today's trends, talking about uh, style tags, talking about these curated lists and search results, kind of what's going on here? Again, this goes to data. Poshmark is becoming much more sophisticated in its platform in terms of collecting data, in terms of learning, in terms of curating items for both buyer and seller. Informing sellers what are the brands that are selling and then curating items that will be specific to a buyer's interest. Like anything else, like any social media platform, like any e-commerce platform, the success of it is driven on data. Whether that's good or bad, I mean, I'm not going to get into that today. You may have certain feelings about that, but that's the way e-commerce platforms work. That's the way social media platforms work. It's it's all, if you lift up the hood, it's all about data. It's all about curation. So let's talk about um, the future. And, and this is where I think uh, the, all of this is moving. And I'm going to talk about why there's been a huge gap that is yet to be filled when it comes to e-commerce and clothing. Uh, let's talk about, uh, before we get to that, I just kind of want to break down the basics of uh, selling anything on, on an e-commerce platform, whether it's Amazon, eBay, your own website, Shopify, and Poshmark. With certain items, let's say you're, you're selling a keyboard, a mouse, a television, um, uh, an old phone, you can get a pretty good idea of that item based off of the the basics, the description, obviously what that item is, and some photos. That's all you would need if you wanted to buy a used phone, assuming that the seller is disclosing everything about it, the age, the condition, and all of that. Let's just assume that that's a fact. Um, I know that's not always a fact, but let's assume that that being equal, you have enough information to make an informed decision based off of disclosure from text and photos that show you the item. You don't really need the dimensions uh, of, say, an iPhone or an Android phone. You can find that out if you need to, if you need to really get an idea of, well, will this fit in my pocket or whatever. But getting the exact measurements in terms of how thick the, the phone is or how long or how wide, that's typically not something you're going to see if it's a used item that's being resold. And this includes if it's being sold on Poshmark. I mean, Poshmark now sells electronic categories, so Poshmark fits into that umbrella. 
This is what I call level one, photos and text when it comes to e-commerce. For most items, level one suffices. Obviously, you get into communication, asking questions between buyer and seller. That's all part of level one. It's photos and text. And I've talked about this with Poshmark, being communicative and using additional photos to answer questions. Poshmark moved, I think, to level two uh, a year and a half or two years ago by introducing video. Video was first introduced into stories where you could um, uh, you could create 30-second or 15 seconds, I think, 15-second stories similar to what you see on Instagram. Uh, videos were slideshows or, or even just single photos or listing photos to drive traffic or awareness for a certain listing. They expanded video to listings themselves, which, as I've talked about, I think was a huge game changer. The ability to incorporate a 15-second video within a listing takes it from that one-dimensional photo to a much more uh, three-dimensional experience by being able to provide video. And I've talked about the best way to use video, in my opinion, is to do a full 360. Either someone modeling the clothes or the clothes on a mannequin, do a full 360 so that you can get that view. And I, I have a full episode on how to, how to make the most use of video. I call that level two. I think video and stories is kind of where we are now. Surprisingly, a lot of e-commerce platforms are not incorporating this. So I think Poshmark right now is a little bit ahead of the game when it comes to e-commerce for clothing. Uh, so if you go to other e-commerce sites, oftentimes it's still just photos and text that you're dealing with. Adding video adds that other level. I think by adding things like style tags or, or some sort of taxonomy, and I talked about my shoppers last week, which kind of gives you a much more sophisticated way of engaging with your potential buyers based off of engagement, also creating a, a some scale in terms of your communication. I, I'll call that level three, the level of engagement that you can have with a potential buyer has been increased with these additional tools. However, there's still a gap that I think needs to be addressed specific to clothing. Most e-commerce platforms are stuck at level one, maybe level two with a couple of them. And I think Poshmark is a little bit of a head by incorporating levels one, two, and three. The biggest hurdle, and you don't need to be an expert in clothing. You don't need to be an expert in e-commerce. All you need to do is take a second to think about it. What is the biggest challenge in buying clothes online? It's the one hurdle, the one hesitation that I think anyone has about buying something online. It's very simple. It's whether or not it'll fit. It's one of the reasons why you have some people who have not yet moved to e-commerce in terms of shopping for clothes because sometimes it's better to just go to a store and try it on. You know, Whether you go to a boutique, a high-end boutique, or you go to uh, just an everyday retail big box store, 
They almost all have fitting rooms where you can take the clothes inside, try them on and see if it fits and make a decision. Usually you'll take maybe a couple of items with you and uh, try them on. That's really the missing piece when it comes to e-commerce. There's really not a great way to do this right now. I don't care if it's level one, two, or three. We're getting close, but we're not at the point where someone can buy something and be 100% certain that it's going to fit or that it's going to feel comfortable. The closest that we've been able to get to is by utilizing photos, text, video, and buyer engagement with communication in providing as much information as possible. And so I've talked about one of the best ways to stand out on Poshmark is to answer questions. People will often ask questions, and I think the number one question people will ask for uh, or the number one request are measurements, whether it's a garment or, or a sweater or a dress or what have you. Oftentimes, we are fielding questions. Even if we provide size charts, and we tend to upload size charts by different brands, but size charts are not uniform. And even within a specific brand, they're not necessarily applicable across all garments. So oftentimes we're answering a lot of sizing questions. We're measuring and then answering questions. And even then, it's not 100% guaranteed that it's going to be a perfect fit for the person. That, I believe, is the X factor. And I'm not an expert in clothes, but this is something I've come to learn over the last couple of years working with my dad. Now, my dad, however, he's got the industry's perspective. He has got the background. He was a design engineer for many years. Uh, he knows all about patterns. I mean, he was a pattern designer. He worked for a, a very prominent uh, company designing raincoats. And what he explained to me, this was really interesting to learn, was that in the 70s and 80s, there was a standard grade for patterns and sizing. In fact, I think there was actually a U.S. government standard for sizing. However, it wasn't the type of standard that was uh, an enforced rule. It wasn't a mandate, in other words. It was just guidelines. And what that meant was because you know, because we have an open market and because there's so many different styles and, and companies and things like that, the bottom line is if you buy a small from one brand, it's not necessarily going to mean that the measurements for that small match up with another brand or a medium or a large or an X large. There's no uniform sizing. It's really, really complicated. Every brand Every garment will have a different set of sizing. Even similar types of garments within the same brand may have variations in size. That's just the nature of clothing. And so what happens is it's a little bit of a crapshoot. It's a little bit of a trial and error. That's one of the reasons why when it comes to clothing, a lot of people still prefer to come into a physical store to try on a garment. It's not the same thing as ordering a phone online. You need more information in order to make an informed decision. Now, currently, the solution to this problem has been that a lot of companies that sell online will employ one of several strategies, one of which is free returns. So you buy something, it doesn't fit, you can return it, you can exchange it, you can get a different size. 
So that's you. That's probably one of the oldest solutions that's been around for a long time. And many, many e-commerce platforms uh, have that, where it's just no questions asked, free returns. Similar to a lot of uh, retail stores, you can you can take it back if you know if you have a problem with it. The issue with that, obviously, is that it's very inefficient. You buy something, it doesn't fit. You return it. If you think about it. That should be a problem we should be able to solve. If you like the garment, sizing should not be an issue, but it is because it's really hard if you're shopping online to determine whether or not something fits. Now, there are companies, there are startups that have come up with different solutions, and I'll talk about two other models. One model is uh, what I call the uh, kind of the, the closet box I don't know if that's the exact term for it, where you can buy uh, a number of different items, including different sizes. They'll send it to you in, in a big box or a big package. You try on and you decide what you like, and then you keep what you want to keep, and then you send the rest back. It's an interesting model. However, I th- I think, and I haven't done the numbers on this, but I think it's pretty costly, and it's not very efficient. The, the whole idea of buying a a whole bunch of stuff, most of which you're not going to keep. I mean, we're talking about supply chain and shipping logistics, not to mention, I mean, when you think about it, the stuff you're sending back, I mean, the company has to figure out what to do with it. So, you know, either if it's in good enough condition, resell it, or they, they may have to mark it down. There's that whole issue. I've seen some startups really dipping the toe in the water in trying to tackle the sizing issue with things like self-measurements where someone can measure themselves and then you know put that into a database or into a platform and and the uh, uh, the platform will curate you know articles or garments that are that are tailored to that size either finding uh, garments that will fit or uh, even even more kind of print on demand model if you will creating garments based off of the sizing I think that gets us closer to where we need to be. However, that's a very cumbersome process. It requires a lot on the end user in terms of getting those measurements, which may or may not be accurate. So there's still, you know, there's still a little bit of a gap there. So the fitting room experience is what I think the that e-commerce has to answer when it comes to clothing. And where we're moving with this with all of the things I've just talked about, photos, text, videos, stories, tags, shopper interface, buyer, user, or seller interface and communication, that's the next hurdle. That's what has to come next is the fitting room experience. How do we replicate that virtually? And where do I think Poshmark is going with all of this data and technology? And I'm going to use a term that you've probably heard probably maybe too many times over the last couple of months. It's a provocative and controversial term, but metaverse. And you've heard, you've heard of it with, uh, with Facebook changing its name to meta. And you've, you may have seen uh, different iterations and chatter about the metaverse or things going meta. What exactly is this, this whole kind of virtual second life world? But in terms of fashion, in terms of e-commerce, I do believe that that is where things are headed. And potentially, having a virtual experience in terms of sizing, determining size and measurements 
and curating clothes that are a good fit with that end user is the gap that needs to be filled. And potentially, that's where I think things need to go. And maybe that's where Poshmark is moving. If I had to venture a guess, that's eventually where we're going to be heading. And whether it's Poshmark gets there first or whether it's another uh, e-commerce platform or, uh, or what have you, I think that's where things need to head in order to increase the efficiency and the confidence in buying clothing online. Now, e-commerce has obviously increased dramatically over the last couple of years due to the pandemic. Uh, e-commerce in general has grown quite a bit, but it's still an inefficient model. We still run into the problem of when I buy something, I'm not sure it's going to fit. And if it doesn't fit, I'm just going to return it. To fill in that gap, to, to bridge that gap, to make buying clothes a much more confident experience, to replicate that fitting room experience, I think we need to head towards that meta or virtual fitting room experience. And that might entail... Uh, you know, I mean, thinking outside the box, this is where we get into sci-fi, you know, things like body scans, you know, uh, you know, I, I can envision one day you have a, an app on your phone, which will take your measurements and feed it to the platform so that they can curate listings for you or clothes for you that will fit so that the one thing you wouldn't have to worry about is sizing. That's where I think we're headed. I don't know when we're going to get there, but I believe that's where we're, we're headed, and that's when uh, that's the direction that things are going to move in. Now, of course, there are a whole host of issues on this. I, I'm not even going to touch the privacy issues and data concerns and things like that. That's that's one set of issues, obviously. The other more practical issue is that, as I mentioned before, sizing is variable across brands and garments. So there, that's that. There, there's going to be an issue there. You know, even if we're able to get the end user's measurements, we still need to collect the data on sizes from particular manufacturers and brands. And because there's no standardization, it makes it that much more challenging. But I believe that that's where the future is. I believe if I'm reading the tea leaves, if I have to predict what the future is holding in terms of e-commerce and the experience of buying clothing online, it's the virtual fitting room experience, whether it's through uh, measurements that are gathered virtually or uh, whether it's it's more of the uh, replicating the fitting room experience, working with someone, uh, you know, through avatars or what have you. I mean, again, we're, we're moving into some really uncharted territory here. Controversial, no doubt. And I'm not even going to touch the, the, you know, controversies. But I think that's where we're headed. And I think that's the gap that potentially could be filled with this technology, with the virtual experience. This is me just pontificating out of the box. Again, I I started with talking about uh, a feature, Today's Trends, which is simply a pop-up taking you to a section on Poshmark which shows you curated listings. But think about that for a moment. It's targeting the end user a lot more specifically. At the same time, your your browsing habits, your shopping habits, all of that is being curated to provide you with a much more in-depth experience. Um, so I'm curious to see where things go. I think we're it, it's exciting, it's intriguing, and uh, I'm curious to see uh, you know what happens next. 
All right, tip of the week. Uh, this is one that I have a full episode on, so I do recommend you check it out, but I'm going to recommend the Kindle app. It is available for both iPhone and Android. I love reading on the Kindle. The one thing that people say often when I say that is, well, I don't have a Kindle device. You don't need a Kindle device. I happen to have one, but I don't need it because I can read off of my phone. The benefit is if you have a Kindle device and you have the Kindle app on your phone, you can read a book on your Kindle app, I mean, your Kindle device. And if you don't happen to have your device with you, let's say, you know, you read 200 pages in a book and then you're at the doctor's office or in a waiting room or somewhere and you just have your phone, you can hop on the Kindle app and it'll sync up from where you left off. And what I really love is combining the Kindle app with checking out books from the library. I talked about checking out eBooks using uh, Libby. There's also an app called Overdrive where, uh, and most of the books from Libby, you can actually have it sent over to your Kindle app or your Kindle device. So it's just a great reading experience. I highly recommend it. Again, I have a full episode talking about the library and checking out electronic materials. Uh, In fact, I believe I have two. I'll have them linked in the write-up. As a reminder, tomorrow I will be speaking about Poshmark uh, Friday, February 11th, tomorrow at noon Eastern time. The registration is in the write-up. Okay, one more thing before we close out. Starting next week, I'm going to be launching a brand new mini-series. I don't know how long it's going to run. There's been quite a bit of interest. At the very minimum, it's going to run through February and March. It may go into April and May. Uh, uh, You know, it it depends on the guests that I'm curating. It's going to be a mini-series. I'm going to be speaking with authors and writers from many different backgrounds, places, and different stages in their work. So some are published authors. Some have just finished writing their works. Others are just in the process. And I want to get the wide range of experiences so that if you are planning on writing a book or if you want to be a blogger or what have you, I think writing is probably one of the most important tools that we should all be using uh, regularly. And I'm excited because I'm going to be speaking with many different authors and writers and just, you know, learning from them and sharing with you what their secrets are, what what their best practices are. So that's going to start next week. Um, Just FYI, these are, I'm curating this and I'm, I'm specifically inviting guests that I have connected with or interacted with or have an interest in. Uh, I am not opening up guest submissions at this time. So please, please, if you're listening to this, do not pitch me. Uh, I'm flattered. I continue to get guest pitches a lot, but uh, I really want to curate the people I'm speaking with based off of some connection or interaction that I've had with them. So anyway, that's going to start next week. I'm really excited, and we're going to be kicking that off with episode 372. Okay, the write-up for today's episode will be at bemovingforward.com. The Poshmark update episodes will be uh, updated into the miniseries page, so you can find the full collection there. Hope you have a great week. Hope you'll join us tomorrow for the live stream, and have a great weekend. I'll be back next week. You can find the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. The views expressed by any featured guests are not necessarily those of the host, the program, or affiliates. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and bemovingforward.com. All rights reserved.